tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Los mejores viajes. Nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. And welcome to Newsnight. In the next 60 minutes, the Honorable Minister have directed the Chief Executive to ask another party to make the post. Have mercy on me and help me walk again. I am a very generous person. Please, help me work again. While the Kolebu Renal Dialysis Unit remains closed to outpatients despite directive from the Ministry of Health for it to be opened immediately. Details or sources at the hospital say some measures will have to be put in place first before resumption of services. The Honorable Minister have directed the Chief Executive of to ask the Medical Board to make the post open and issue statements to the Medical Board for Ghanaians to know that the post is open. Is it taking immediate effect? Yes, from the directive of the Honorable Minister, supposed to take immediate effect. The five-month, 12-day closure of the unit attracted parliamentary attention today. There was a bipartisan call for the immediate reopening of the unit. The paramount objective must be the prompt reopening of the renal unit outpatient department and the provision of essential substance. The Kolebu renal unit should be opened immediately. We have details as the House summons the health minister to brief MPs on the continuous closure of that unit. On the closure of the renal unit outpatient department and the upsurge of kidney-related problems in Ghana. I mean, the minister should come and tell us something. Also tonight, Nagrat serves notice of exploring legal options to enable them to take a break from the all-year-round teaching resulting from what they describe as a wrong programming of the senior high school's double-track system. 
We teachers can no longer continue to operate as beasts of burden, to be carrying the weight of wrong policies and wrong programs of government. We will be meeting our various councils and we will take actions that are appropriate. The vote from the U.S. branch of the party is more or less... into the election headquarters much later where Dr. Mahmoud Balmia puts daylight between himself and the remaining three candidates with an emphatic victory in the USA branch delegate poll. Branch of the party is more or less a reflection um, on what is likely to happen on Saturday and um, I think that is positive. We have details as we put the spotlight on Vice President Dr. Mahmoud Balmia who says he's the man the NDC fears the most. Amongst the four of us who are contesting, it is me that the NDC fears more than anybody else. When they wake up in the morning, Baumia, in the afternoon, Baumia, at night, Baumia, when they dream, Baumia. And in business financial analyst Serum Kao agrees with ratings agency Fitch that Bank of Ghana's foreign reserves will hit $7.7 billion in 2025, but adds that Ghana is always disciplined when it is under IMF program. And in sports, in Sancho Man reclaimed Ghana Premier League top sport with controversial win over Kumasiya Santikotoko in Sunyani. And later here on Newsnight, the largest natural lake in West Africa, Lake Bosomtree, is drying up. According to scientists, from 2005, we have seen that there's a rapid recession of the water mark. From the shoreline to the water mark, there's been some kind of 35 meter shrinking of the lake. We have that and more in this evening's edition of Newsnight. Do all to join us with your thoughts and comments via WhatsApp is 055 I am MFA Apau. And my name is Evans Mensah. The Honorable Minister have directed the Chief Executive to ask another party to make the post open and issue statements to the general public for Ghanaians to know that the post is open. Is it taking immediate effect? Yes, from the directive of the Honorable Minister, supposed to take immediate effect. Now, Evans, this is the PRO of the Ministry of Health announcing to the country at midday that the sector minister has ordered the immediate reopening of the OPD renal dialysis unit of the Kolibu Teaching Hospital, which has been shut for the past five months and 12 days. Well, five hours, Evans, after this communication, just before we're coming on air, the renal dialysis unit remains closed to outpatients despite the so-called directive from the Ministry of Health for it to be opened immediately. Well, sources at the hospital say some measures will have to be put in place first before the reopening can be done. Well, a 4 million CD debt compelled the hospital to close its doors to outpatients since May, a situation the Renal Patients Association say has led to the death of 19 of its members. One of them is a father of nine, Kenneth Quay. Listen to his wife, Miriam Bangura, on how the closure led to the deterioration of the health of her husband. He had kidney failure it became chronic his health deteriorated because of that and died later the Kolebu teaching hospital closed the doors of its renal dialysis unit to outpatients so it was inaccessible for him he had to resort to a private facility now we can hear from the public relations officer for the ministry, Isaac Ofeba, who says the minister, Kweku Ajimanmenu, had earlier directed the renal dialysis unit of the Kolibu Teaching Hospital to immediately open its doors to outpatients. The Honorable Minister have directed the Chief Executive of Kolibu to as a matter of fact, make the post open and issue statements to the general public for Ghanaians to know that the place is open the amount of money that we are supposed to pay the old service as we move on to see whether there will be an increment or not with no speaking But we are hoping that they will comply with honorable minister's directive. 
Well, so we know that there were concerns that Kolebu raised, at least. We're waiting for that statement to find out the details of the opening. But let me find out first. Is it taking immediate effect, the opening yes. of the renal dialysis yes. unit? Yes, from the directive of the Honorable Minister, supposed to take immediate effect. The chief executive will know who has to assure that he will work for this, but we hope that he will take uh, consideration, consider the directive of the Honorable Minister and take the opening but listen to the CEO, he's more than willing to open, but the debt, outstanding debt, the 4 million cities debt is the main concern, plus the cost of consumables subsequently. Has that all been sorted, you'd say? Yes, as part of their discussion, of which I, I know, the Honorable Minister has addressed a number of issues regarding the outstanding, and then the differences that will come up, and so they've spoken about it, and it's had a stakeholders uh, discussion. A lot has been done. And that's that, that will be taken Well, that's by the directive. The doors of the renal dialysis unit remains closed to outpatients. My colleague, Maxwell Abagba, has been there and joins us on the line right now. Maxwell, you've been to the facility. What did you observe? Well, Evans, outpatients um, still do not have access. Only emergency cases um, are being catered for, um, are just like it has been for the past five months. Uh, our source at the hospital uh, told this the hospital um, was writing a statement communicating the reopening of the facility after that directive. But that has not happened yet. Um, as I'm told, consultations will have to go into this for a successful rollout. Um, I'm told, for instance, the nephrology unit will have, will have, to, be, will have to be engaged. And other important stakeholders of the hospital will have to be consulted for a smooth resumption. So after the close of the day, um, that has not been done. And as a stance, um, the hospital's, um, the renal dialysis unit remains shut. The door, it does remain shut to outpatient. Is there clarity on the settlement of the 4 million CD debt that compelled the hospital authorities to shut its doors to outpatients? No, Evans, um, there's no clarity on whether the 4 million CD debt has been settled. Yesterday, when I spoke to my source, I was told the money is yet to hit the account of the facility. Um, the CEO had earlier stated that this debt will have to be settled before the full resumption of services to the outpatients can be done. Um, our source says the settlement of the debt is a prerequisite to the reopening. And so there's a bit of surprise um, among um, the workers why the directive to open has been given without any clarity on the debt situation. Secondly, also, um, during our special program on the matter, the CEO mentioned that even after the 4 million Ghana City debt is paid, the renal dialysis unit of the hospital will need a subsidy of close to 1 million Ghana cities every month to support the operations. He mentioned the specific amount of 961,000 Ghana cities. Uh, my source says they have not received any clarity um, on the payment or on that, you know, as well, whether the hospital will be given that subsidy or not. Well, there, though, Maxwell, did we have patients trooping in upon hearing the announcement at midday that the facility had been opened immediately? Two women um, I met there said they were monitoring the news. They've been following the news to get updates um, on the situation. So they heard it on the radio. So they came there just to come and check. They said they were actually returning um, from a dialysis treatment um, when they heard the information on the radio. So they decided to just pull up at the facility um, to run the checks. They also confirmed um, to me that their checks at the facility um, confirmed that indeed the doors of the outpatients of the um, renal dialysis unit is yet to be opened, contrary um, to the directive from the Minister of Health, from the Minister, that it should be opened um, immediately. So it was a bit of disappointment um, for them, and they were wondering when all of these, uh, you know, is going to end. They tell me that tomorrow they'll be there again um, to run checks. Well, but for clarity, though, uh, whilst there, I'm sure you've been trying to reach hospital authorities as mm. to why they are not carrying out the directive from the Ministry of Health. What did you find? We were at the office of the Chief Executive Officer himself. At the time that we were there, he was locked up in a meeting, um, so we couldn't speak to him. 
um, we had to wait for many hours, more than uh, more than two hours. We were waiting. Um, the public relations officer of the hospital also would not speak to us until he speaks to the CEO um, of the facility. Um, all the workers there and the members of the nephrology unit, all of them tight-lipped, not willing to give us um, any information. The only information that we got was from ourselves, you know, um, at the facility. So really there's no communic- official communication um, from the facility yet on the matter. All the information we're getting um, is from our source at the facility, MFA. Well, Maxwell, thank you very much. Let's speak to uh, Bafo Kojahinkra. He's the president of the Kidney Patients Association. Uh, Mr. Bafo Hinkra, thanks for your time here on Newsnight. Did you also try to access a facility today? I'm guessing you may have heard the directive on our network. Yeah, good evening, and good evening to your listeners. Yes, uh, when I had, uh, personally, I was supposed to go for my lab report at uh, Lancet, Kolibu. So when I had, I drove there, went to the unit, because I'm a patient, I'm able, I'm able to walk it. And I spoke to ah, Sally, this is what we heard. How far? They said they've not heard anything. They said they've not heard anything. And what I saw is the old thing. I mean, there were some uh, people on the machine. I think they were on admission, about four of them. And then they made, so they said they are still doing emergency and uh, ward cases. Uh, they don't have any directive to that. They, they are supposed to call the outpatient. And moreover, like we keep saying, uh, there's a program for us with the outpatient. I mean, everybody has got his day that he goes. So if and the directive have come. They are supposed to call the Friday people. That is tomorrow. Then they will get prepared. They know they are going. All my Friday people, nobody has been called. And officially, they have not told us anything about this. And we just heard it on radio. And they have not communicated anything. So still, the unit is not open. As we are talking now, it's still not open to the OPD patient. They are still doing their ward cases and their emergencies. Is there an indication uh, when you make the inquiries that they may reopen this tomorrow? You see, like uh, Maswa just said, nobody doesn't want, want to talk. When you speak to, I personally also went to the PRO's uh, office. He, he was not there. Uh, the, the office was locked. Nobody wants to, because everybody is saying they don't know. They are just waiting for directives to come from the AMBE. So nobody, that, we don't even know, as the directors come, we don't even know whether we are going tomorrow or they are, we are going on Monday or we are going. We don't even know when. But as we speak, OPD patients, I can speak on authority, OPD patients, have not been invited to come to the facility. So still, the unit is close to the OPD patients. Ms. Anika, thank you very much. And Bafo Kojahinkra is president of the Kidney Patients Association. Well, the matter attracted parliamentary attention to the events. In fact, there was a bipartisan call directed at the Kolibu Teaching Hospital to immediately reopen the outpatient department of his renal unit. While delivering a statement on the floor of the House, ranking member on the Health Committee, Kwabna Minta Kando, described the hospital's closure of the facility as unconscionable. Listen. Parliament has Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado. 
para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCI US LLC. should be deeply concerned about the persistent closure of the renal unit outpatient department at Hollywood Teaching Hospital. This situation has far-reaching implications for the well-being of dialysis patients in Ghana and raises serious questions about the commitment of government to transparency and accountability in our healthcare institutions. In the initial case of the facilities closure was attributed to scarcity of essential medical consumables required for dialysis. When dialysis medical consumables were finally procured, the service saw an unprecedented increase in fees from 380 Ghana cities to 765.42. The Minister of Health and the hospital administration must, as a matter of priority, address this situation. The denial of essential healthcare services is a severe violation of patients' rights and a breach of public trust. We implore the government to work diligently with the hospital to, rec to rectify this situation and uphold its commitment to providing accessible and affordable healthcare service to all citizens. The paramount objective must be the prompt reopening of the renal unit outpatient department and the provision of essential subsidies to ensure that healthcare services are accessible and affordable for all citizens. Let's bring in Parliamentary Affairs Correspondent Kwekwa Sante on this. Uh, Kweku, I'm sure that the NDC got some support from the majority colleagues on this matter, correct? Hello, if I come again. I'm asking if uh, the NDC got support from their majority colleagues on this matter. Well, yes, they did. The majority chief with Frank Anadompo, who spoke on behalf of the majority, said that this is a very serious matter, that he believes the finance ministry, the health ministry must all take in interest release the kind of money that the Kolebu Teaching Hospital is looking for. But he was also emphatic that the Kolebu Teaching Hospital must open the OPD to the renal unit. I fully associate myself with the call for the minister to be programmed to appear. That is something we cannot compromise on. He must appear. And especially in a matter about the lives of our citizenry, we can't take for granted. It can happen to any of us. And so... I'm fully associated with that call. It's about the lives of our people. Whatever it takes, he must appear. We must program him to appear and to brief us. Immediately, the Kolebu Rena unit should be open immediately. And there are some other actions that have been taken. That is why I'm emphasizing the call. As we, go, we need you to bless this call that the minister should be programmed to come and make this statement formally on the floor of parliament. He can't sit in his ministry and engage the media and make this statement. He must come to the representative of the people and make this statement formally in the House. Matt, was this, what was the Speaker's directive? But before you tell me about the Speaker's directive, though, we know that the Health Minister is an MP himself. Was he not in Parliament today? No, Parliament has been meeting uh, for this meeting now. The Health Minister hasn't been around yesterday. He wasn't, today he wasn't as well. And so the expectation ordinarily was that if he was around, he would have been asked to respond to some of the questions. You will recall that yesterday, when the matters regarding the, 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 the voter River Authority uh, floods uh, in the Akosumo area, the voter region happened, the energy minister was on the floor at the time. He was asked some questions and he responded to them. The health minister wasn't there. And so invariably, the deputy speaker who was presiding over the house today had to direct that next week, Thursday, the minister be asked to come and explain why the renal unit is closed and what exactly government is doing to deal with all the dialysis crisis issues that have come up in the, in the, in the last few months. To come and brief us on the closure of the renal unit outpatient department and the upsurge of kidney-related problems in Ghana. I mean, the minister should come and tell us something. Almost everywhere, people are talking about the kidney-related problems. He should come and tell us if the NHIS issue can also be captured in relating to uh, kidney-related issues. I mean, he should come and tell us and to understand the whole nation. So that is my directives. 
So that's uh, the Speaker of Parliament on that directive. Well, let's bring in the ranking member on the Health Committee, Kwabna Minta Kando. He was on his feet today on this particular matter. Mr. Kando, thank you so much for joining us here on Newsnight. So whilst you were on your feet, we had an announcement from the Health Ministry's PRO that the Health Minister had directed the immediate reopening of the Kolibu Teaching Hospital, uh, Renal Unit. I've also heard you and your colleagues asking for an immediate reopening. It appears that it's, it goes beyond just directive and calling for the reopening of the unit because it remains closed. What it means is that uh, the military health has that is not on top. If a minister will give a directive that the regional hospital, I mean, one department should be opened, and then people can tell him to go to hell, and that unit is still closed. What is his business that ministry? Remember, we have traveled far with this matter. If you have followed it for some time now, we have gone to engage the um, management of Kolibu. We have gone to engage the minister himself. We've gone back to the Kolibu to make sure whether or not it's been opened. We've done all that, including even ultimate. And today, we read a statement on it. Since I was born in I have never seen any government which is in such a deep like this before. We are a president in this country. Nobody okay and people are dying we are counting them like we are counting mangoes the last time they said 14 yesterday when they did their press conference they said 19 and we are counting that people are dying and i mean leaders of this country the holders of the public press cannot do anything about it i mean i don't understand it it beats my imagination and the figures here are not being known that we are talking about four million per quarter what and that, because of 4 million Ghanaians, people are dying. The place has been closed down. So we are demanding the immediate reopening so that we think through it, whether it will be captured by national health insurance, and even as a matter of agency, we must waive all taxes on all consumables, whether government or private. You know? So I don't get it. If on the floor of the house, the... Minority chief indicated that one, the minister will be directing the hospital to reopen and that the hospital will even issue a statement. But as I speak to you now, none has been done. But if the minister could issue a directive, and as I speak to you now, that directive has not been adhered to, what is he doing in the ministry? What is he doing in the ministry? Thankfully, you sit, you sit in Parliament with those who are supposed to be holding the purse and those who are supposed to be in authority. I'm talking about the Health Minister and Deputy Ministers of, uh, you know, uh, Finance amongst others. Do you get the indication that they're actually committed to getting this resolved? I don't see the commitment at all. They closed the unit since May. I didn't speak on the matter May. I didn't speak on it June. Did you ever hear the minister speak about it until some of us came in? Did you hear this matter becoming very topical until some of us came in? Where is the commitment? Including the president himself. There's somebody who is vice president wanting to become a president of this country. All he cares about is internal politics and how to become president. He doesn't care. Hasn't he heard that people are dying? And nobody, nobody, absolutely nobody in government seems to care. We are not, we in the minority side, we are not the holders of the public pay. What we can do is to hold the executives to account. And we are doing our best under the circumstances. If you have an incompetent, an insensitive, unconscionable government, this is what you go through. This is what you go through. Because of four million, we should look on for people to die. And we are counting them like mangoes. One is gone, another one is gone, and we are just counting. And we have a president in this country. And the minister gives directly and say, oh, to hell the minister. How can we live in a country like this? How? Leave it here. I don't uh, understand. Ms. Akando, we'll leave you here for now. Uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us. That's Kwabna Minta Kando. He's a ranking member on the Health Committee of Parliament. So uh, you have it there. Uh, this afternoon at midday, we had the PRO of the Health Ministry announcing here on Joy 99.7 FM that the Minister of Health had directed that the Kolibu Teaching Hospital should reopen immediately uh, the renal unit, dialysis unit. But five hours down the line, 
the the unit remains closed to the public as my colleague Maxo Agbaba reports live from the Kolibu Teaching Hospital. Well, we've been hearing from the Minister of State at the Finance Ministry, Mohamed Amina Damini, says it's unacceptable for Ghanaians with kidney uh, malfunction to go through with your experience. And he says the government will find a way to deal with the situation before next week. Uh, it is unacceptable. It is unacceptable that the people of Ghana will go through this. Government does not wish that for the people of Ghana. But you see, Kolebu is an institution which charges fees for its services. And, and therefore, we expect that the, the, the management will be efficient and government will ensure that uh, Kolebu management does its work and does its work properly and efficiently. So that's something you would personally want to take up? Oh, it is something government as a whole must be concerned about, and we are concerned about it, and we will act. So I believe that when I come back to you on Monday, this will not be a, an issue for conversation. Yeah, so we are getting to the weekend. We will see what we can do. Well, so that's the Minister of State, um, the Finance Ministry, and we're hoping uh, that um, something indeed will happen before uh, the close of week. And of course, we are following this closely till uh, that we see that this particular unit is functioning up and running to the best of its capacity. Let's enter the election headquarters now. This is your election headquarters. And today, MFA, uh, there was a poll that has been published. This poll is one among the MPP itself. And this is the MPP USA branch. And they conducted the internal voting to determine the allocation of MPP USA's presidential delegates vote. And the delegates will be part of the uh, elections on Saturday. And so they had to cast your ballot to determine how you allocate that. The outcome, of course, created a daylight between Dr. Baumia and the others. And the results are fascinating indeed. Uh, Dr. Baumia had the 77.04%. Uh, that's 208 votes. Uh, Ken Ohenia Japon uh, had 22.22%. That's 60 votes. Ousefri Akoto had one vote. That is 0.37%. And Francis Adainimo had 0.37%. That's one vote also. Uh, how, how much should we read into this? How much weight are the candidates themselves placing on this very outcome uh, ahead of the uh, polls on Saturday? Let's bring in political scientist uh, Dr. Sasante, who's joining us right now on the telephone line. Doc, you read this. You read the outcome of this uh, delegates poll among the U.S. chapter of the party. Uh, should we place too much value on this? Obviously, uh, no, no poll is uh, empty. Uh, it speaks volume of uh, what is ahead of you. But it's also a good measure for you to be able to conduct yourself well and turn the, the, the results to favor you. So that is what it is. Um, once it has come out this way, I think the, the, the contestants must put their acts together and fight uh, to the last bell. And that is the way to go. Okay, but the parties, uh, when I mean the parties, I mean the individuals who are contesting. Uh, Baumia, for example, if you listen to their campaign, this obviously is a win in your sale. There's even a sense that it may create a certain bandwagon effect uh, because candidate Japan, you know, uh, was a very prominent figure among the U.S., uh, I guess, the NPP folks in the U.S. because he himself made his living there. And they're reading a lot into this. Can you begrudge them? Oh, they be they, entitled to their opinion. But remember, the bulk of the voters are in Ghana here. So once you have that made out there in terms of the poll, it does not necessarily mean that that is what is going to play out here. Uh, the scenarios are too different. But you can win outside there and you can lose. That is also a fact. Uh, let us see what happens uh, this Saturday. I think... Uh, the, the the real issue will be on the Saturday. 
Uh, that's uh, Dr. Sasantade, and, and indeed, Saturday, you want to join us because we would usher you into the coverage proper and then also be with you until we get the final results, see if it tallies with anything we're reading uh, from this MPP US chapter vote. And we've been focusing on the candidates that we brought to you, that of Ade Nimo and also Dr. Fria Koto. is the turn of the Vice President, Dr. Mahmoud Baumia. We're putting the spotlight on him. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. And my colleague Samuel Mbura has more in this report. He defended his party at the time the country was sitting on political tenterhooks. He displayed intelligence, grit and honesty before the Superior Court of Justice. People are not afraid of the truth. Let us put down my analysis and show me one repeated polling station in my analysis. President Akufado recognized in him a dedicated and principled individual embedding his name among the honest and intelligent men in Ghana's political history. Former mayor of the Greater Accra and current member of the Council of States, Idris Stanley Blanton, strongly corroborate the attributes attributed to Dr. Baumia by the president. If there is a guy little and I said, look, the people call me that I should put my neck there, I would I would tell them that if it is for Baumia, I will do it. According to him, Dr. Baumia has the endorsements of the Council of Elders of the MPP to lead the party. I can, I can say this without fear, that about 92% of my colleagues at the Council of State are supporting Mahomia. A prominent figure in Ghanaian politics, Ama Bami Buzia, sister to former Prime Minister Dr. K. Buzia, and a Council of Elders member, also sees in Dr. Baumia the qualities of a true leader. Not because he calls me mommy that flatters me. All the qualities I look in a, position, uh, a politician for, to me, he has it. She is so committed to his cause that not even a wheelchair could prevent her from casting her vote in his favor. They said, when they saw me because of my problem, they said, oh, we thought we were going to uh, do proxy vote. I said, no, 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 I want to make sure that I put my own uh, thumb on his face. I'll go. I know he's going to win. Maybe between 85 to 90%. I know he's going to win. Dr. Baumia is the son of a prominent northern Ghanaian politician, Umuri Baumia, who played a significant role in the formation of the new patriotic party. Samir Wuku, campaign coordinator for Dr. Baumia, hopes that the tireless effort by the father of Dr. Baumia and himself to the party will be rewarded by the delegates. In the next few hours, we should be electing the leader of our party and a potential president of our country. And I think that the spirit of the NPP, may the spirit of our forefathers also be kind to him. No account of Dr. Baumia's political journey is complete without acknowledging the support of his wife, Second Lady Samira Baumia. She has, at any given opportunity, defended her husband while extolling his qualities that make him the ideal leader for the NPP. Are we ready for an honest leader? Are we ready for a humble leader? Are we ready for a hardworking leader? Are we ready for a leader who will unify us and not divide us? Are we ready for a leader who will take us to victory, inshallah? Jabal, are we ready for 4th November? Are we ready for 4th November? Dr. Baumia's candidacy has garnered widespread endorsements across the country with regional chairpersons leading the charge, promising a resounding victory for him. The Northern MPP caucus has also thrown its weight behind him. Dr. Baumia passionately assessed that electing him to lead the MPP in the 2024 general election will be no mistake, for he brings invaluable experience to the table.
I've been to every constituency, slept in many, many, many constituencies, and I know the ground. So, as they say, follow who know road. Follow who know road. I know the road. And not only do I have the experience, I have the winning experience. We need somebody who knows how to win an election. The political history of the MPP hinges on the Dankwa Buzia Dombo tradition. The Dankwa and Buzia faction have already been represented by Nana Kufado and former president John Kufo. Could it now be the Dombo stand with Dr. Mahmoud Baumia? The ultimate decision rests with delegates at the MPP Congress. Samuel Mbora, Joy News. Indeed, the countdown is well and truly on. And remember that the election headquarters is brought to you by Petrosol, your clean fuel in full quantity. Petrosol, always a delightful experience. And the Regional Security Council in the Ashanti region, they are taking a tough stance ahead of this poll. Well, they are warning against the deployment of heavily built men and any other private security services to polling stations for Saturday's presidential primary. We can hear Nanaya Ojima with more in this report. Ashanti region has the second largest number of delegates in the NPP presidential primary with 39,987 delegates. Two of the four aspirants trace their roots to the region. Former Minister for Agriculture, Dr. Osofi Yakuto, and former MP for Mampong constituency, Francis Adenimu. And I call upon the delegates to consider these visions that I'm sharing with you, both for the party and the nation, and compare it with my competitors who also want to bear the flag. So it's an open field. I'm a pure Ashanti by birth. Both parents of mine come from here. So I'm a pure Ashanti by birth. I'm also a Nordner by education because I studied at Navrongo uh, secondary for five years. And Vice President. Dr. Mahmoud Baumia had a commanding victory in the Superdelegates Conference in the Ashanti region, polling 97 of the 119 votes. Some identifiable groups of the New Patriotic Party at the KJTR and Racecourse Markets have made an appeal to delegates to repeat the gesture made the Vice President in the Superdelegates Congress. Dr. Baumia was very instrumental in Ekufado's tenure. It's obvious that he understands government better than the others. We urge the delegate to vote for him on Saturday. Another contender, Ken Ejapon, seems to be making gains in the region. The release by the Ashanti region Rexec on the election is signed by Minister Simon Osemensa. The statement bad bodyguards of ministers and other government appointees from the inner perimeter, they are also not expected to carry any weapons to the premises. Motorbikes, which are mostly used in perpetrating violence, are not allowed in and around the premises for the election. To prevent taking of photos of ballots, delegates are not to carry their phones to the inner premises of the polling stations. Persons with intent of wearing T-shirts or items with pictures and signage of any aspirants are cautioned to exercise restraint. Only staff of the Electoral Commission, accredited polling agents of aspirants and delegates voting are allowed within the inner perimeter of the premises. All delegates are further advised against staying at the polling stations after casting their ballots. Dorexec is expecting all delegates to strictly adhere to the directives. They have given the security agencies the mandate to deal with any person who flouts the directives, mainly in the Ashanti region, which remains the stronghold of the new patriotic party, are highly expectant of the results of the presidential primary. For Joy News, Nanaya Ojima reporting. And here in the studios of Joy 99.7 FM, my name is Evans Mensa and I'm here with MFR Powell. Guess who is joining us right now is Emma Davis. Hello, Emma. Hi, Evans. And in business, financial analyst Sarah Kawa agrees with ratings agency Fitch that Bank of Ghana's foreign reserves will hit $7.7 billion in 2025. 
a move that will strengthen the city. And Ghana Association of Restructuring and Insolvency Advisors urges corporate entities to take restructuring seriously following Ghana's domestic debt exchange program. Business on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN, Kingdom Books and Stationery, Syntex Tanks, and Pepsodent Chuckle and Herbal. Details after the break. you want to eat just momo it tired of the long queues in the supermarket pay with momo when you really want that beautiful new blouse just momo it when you want to get a trim and get fresh to impress you know who just momo it when you need to pay your utility bills and domestic staff shanu momo when you want to send love to the family back home send some momo join the millions of mtn momo users all over ghana and live life the brighter way so just momo it mtn Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 40 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Committee 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase KNUSD campus, UCC. Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall Airport City or call us 0302 764201 Syntex Tank was first to introduce white inner layer tanks in Ghana and now introduces the customer specs order which will let you order any color and size you want. Syntex Tanks gives you the biggest warranty of 7 years which no other tank gives you. So whatever your water consumption, size of project or demand, choose Syntex Tank. Syntex Tank, stress-free. Syntex Tank, reliable. Syntex Tank, maximum guarantee. Call zero. 244-335-168 Kumasi 0505-555-666 or visit SyntexGH.com Syntex Tank A year strong A year tough For over 10 years Old Mutual has been touching lives in Ghana Whether you're a trader or a student an entrepreneur or an employer or nearing your retirement we have the right financial solutions tailored just for you. Contact Old Mutual on 030-7000-600 or visit our website on oldmutual.com.gh to learn more. And let's realize your financial freedom together. 10 years of greatness, here for a lifetime. Old Mutual, do great things every day. I'm a the electoral commission of ghana will display the voters register for public inspection the exhibition of the 2020 voters register and the 2023 provisional voters register is part of preparatory measures for the upcoming district level elections 
The exhibition exercise will take place at all polling stations across the country from 3rd to 7th November 2023 between the hours of 7 a.m. and 6 p.m. daily. Do not assume that your name is in the register. Go personally to your polling station with your voter's ID card or registration slip 21. Verify your details of registration to make sure that your name, photograph and other particulars are in the register. 2. Make a request for any omitted data such as name, age or sex to be included in the register. 3. Make a request to change details such as incorrect name, sex and unclear photographs in the register and on your voter ID card. 4. Object to the inclusion of names of unqualified persons. 5. Know your police station ahead of the election. And 6. Assist in deletion of names of deceased people from the register. In addition to the physical checking of details in the register, the EC will deploy a GSM messaging protocol which will enable registered voters conveniently access their registration details using their mobile phones. Very simple. Dial star 713 star 81 hash and follow the prompts on all networks. Participate in the exhibition of the voters register to avoid disappointment and inconveniences on voting day. Your vote is your future. Welcome to Business on Newsnight. My name is Emma Davis. Let's settle for the details. A senior finance lecturer at the University of Cape Coast Business School, Sarah Mkawa, says he strongly agrees with the view of Fitch ratings that the Bank of Ghana's foreign reserves will hit $7.7 billion in 2025. According to him, the resolve the reserves may even be as a result of the International Monetary Fund supported program. Speaking to Joy Business, Mr. Kawas said this will boost the foreign exchange market and consequently strengthen the city against the dollar and other major foreign currencies. Yes, I strongly hold the same view that the Bank of Ghana could hold a reserve of 7.7 billion. Uh, Dallas covering three months and then even as the year goes by improve upon it we've always been of the view that any time that we have IMF with us we tend to do the right things and then we don't have any option now than to make sure that we obey the agreements that we've entered into with IMF we ensure that we recover from the debt we our debt levels have to be sustainable and to ensure that going forward, we do not go back to the same position. Surely it's going to have a major impact on the performance of the city. That was a senior finance lecturer at the University of Cape Coast Business School, Sairam Kawa. The president of the Ghana Association of Restructuring and Insolvency Advisors, Garia, Felix Addo has advised corporate entities to take restructuring seriously to save distressed companies from collapsing. According to him, the recent domestic debt exchange program shows that companies in difficulties can be rescued in bad times. Speaking at the launch of the maiden edition of the Corporate Restructuring and Insolvency Journal spearheaded by Garia, Mr. Adu said global economic challenges has made it imperative for corporate restructuring. Uh, you've heard about haircuts in recent days. When we do restructuring for companies, we do that too. You've heard about moratoriums. You've heard about the extension of the payback period. Those are our concepts in, in restructuring for companies. And basically, the premise is that companies, just like all of us, have good times and bad times. We go through seasonal cycles. Previously, before Garia came into being, when a company needed help, was distressed, had cash flow challenges, invariably, um, you either go the liquidation route President of the Ghana Association of Restructuring and Insolvency Advisors, Garia, Felix Adu there. The Association of Ghana Apparel Manufacturers has bemoaned high taxes and exports facilitation of apparel on the continent. According to President of the Association, Nura Salifu, this has taken a toll on operations. She called on the Ghana Exim Bank to support the association in its quest to take advantage of the Africa Continental Free Trade Area. She spoke to Joy Business at the launch of an action plan by garments manufacturers. 
I think that access to finance is one of the areas that we, we think the government needs to look at um, because we do have the capacity to be able to employ, we have the capacity to be able to produce and export. Um, and you know what happens once um, our nation is able to export. It has this ripple effect. And so the garment industry is one of the industries that has not been overlooked, but we think that we haven't gotten the attention that we need. Nura Salifu is the president of the Association of Ghana Apparel Manufacturers. In an era of rapid technological advancement and increasing competitiveness, businesses are being urged to be innovative in order to sustain the organizations. According to the chairman of Vanguard Assurance, Daniel Iwadako, businesses must be innovative in order to sustain the operations and withstand risks. He was speaking at the Stanford Institute for Innovation in Developing Economies Annual Business Conference. That was when actually Vanguard became a very, because we're like little rats coming out of every hole. Everywhere you turned, you saw a car coming and it was, there was Vanguard on it. They were moving targets. And that's when we really became a household name insurance. So that was something that I also learned that you have to do things sometimes out of the box and in a different way. Today, like the world has changed and you have to keep on getting on innovative because the moment you go on online, pop-ups start coming at you and everything is changing now. So uh, in business, you have to keep on thinking ahead of the curve. That was the chairman of Vanguard Assurance, Daniel Ewad Dakon. That's all for Business on Newsnight. My name is Emma Davis. Thank you very much, Emma. And a few of your messages on our WhatsApp console now. Musa Abatoa says, signing an MOU is not a solution, but free and fair elections without intimidation and mafia tactics. If the election is not monetized, which I doubt, I can say without any equivocation that Ken will pull a surprise because within the larger population of MPP, he's popular. But within the small power brokers, Baumia is an establishment candidate. His views there on the context. Also, uh, still on that same subject of the MPP context, that uh, this one uh, has known him by says uh, it's overly one sided in the upcoming MPP internal elections. He's talking about uh, us being one sided. We are not. Uh, also, here uh, from Kofisiedu in Konongo says, Did I hear Baumia say that NDC members are mentioning his name repeatedly and that uh, that amounts? To the NDC being afraid of him, his name is being mentioned repeatedly for all the wrong reasons. That's his view there on that particular subject. And then a final one on the health issue with the dialysis matter. Uh, Steely says, please, no one has a magic wand to solve our health uh, problems, etc. Uh, death comes when it will, he says. And um, uh, this one from uh, is on the subject of the. Uh, Berrios uh, on the on the Baumia again. Uh, very finally, he says. Elulus says that Dr. Bemar should prove to Ghanaians he is the competent person to lead our country out of the economic mess. Let's do sports now. And um, Ms. Bow is here with the latest. Yeah, hello, Evans. Well, uh, the Ghana Premier League, the final round of this week's uh, week's action in the Ghana Premier League came off, and it was in Century Man Football Club who returned to the top of the league following their win over Kumasi and Santa Cotoco earlier today, all the way in Sunyani. Stephen Dios scored uh, the only goal of the game in the 41st minute to hand Kumasi and Santa Cotoco uh, and Saint Germain, picking up all three points and extending the unbeaten record at home to six. 16 games. Now, the Pokopan Warriors were reduced to 10 men two minutes after conceding as Henry Ansu received the second yellow card of the game before being given his marching orders. For Kotoko, it was the second defeat of the season, having already lost to um, lost to Somatex earlier in the season over there. Well, for such a man, they moved top of the Ghana Premier League table. But yesterday it was Legon Cities who suffered a robbery attack on their way from a Ghana Premier League match yesterday. And their public relations officer, Kwame Jumo, has been explaining exactly what happened. So I can confirm to you that uh, that's what exactly happened early this morning, somewhere around uh, a town called Tuasu. Uh, we got in there and uh, it appeared that there was a, a bit of a, a police barrier of a sort. Because normally when you're traveling at night or at dawn, you normally come across these barriers 
all over some of these places. So we thought it was a situation like that. We realized that a number of cars had been stopped, so we assumed that it was it was something similar to that kind of you know thing, only to realize that these guys were bandits. A few more guys uh, emerged from the bushes uh, by the roadside, got all the players to come out of the bus, um, got us down. Uh, you know, pointed guns at the players and officials of the team. Uh, they went into the bars, took what they want. I've given you a list of some of the things that they have uh, taken from the team. Got in there, took what they wanted. Um, after that, they just got back to the bushes and disappeared again. It was it was a harrowing sight, but uh, thank God everyone is safe. We're back to Accra now, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make the necessary report to uh, the right authorities, and then we'll take it from there. Kwame Jumot, the public relations officer of Legon Cities. And it's not the first time a Ghana Premier League team has been victim of armed robbery with Ashanti Gold, Kumasiya, Santokotok and Wa All-Stars having suffered similar fates in recent past. And even uh, just last season, women Premier League team Savannah Ladies were also attacked in similar fashion. That's all for sports. Uh, brought to you by Pepsi Don Herbal and Chaco. Thank you very much, Musbao. Now, let me take you. Have you been to Lake Busum Tree before? No, I haven't. Will you take me there? I'd love to. Okay. I'd love to, we if you allow day. me. But of course, the resilience of Lake Busum Tree, the largest natural lake in West Africa, is at a risk of drying up due to climate change and other human activities. Well, these are findings by scientists from the University of Energy and Natural Resources, or based on a 1986 baseline study. Their research discovered that the lake had receded by 35 meters from its shoreline since 2005, recording a sharp decline in water levels and fish population. In this special feature, my colleague Oheming Terrier reports residents along the lake are worried about the research findings. Believed to have been formed by a falling meteorite, Lake Bosumchim measures about 8 kilometers in diameter, covering a surface area of about 52 kilometers. The lake has since 1.2 million years ago seen its depth decrease from 800 meters to 78 meters maximum currently with the surface area reduced from 52 kilometers in 1986 to 46 kilometers in 2020. Fish stock has over the years reduced resulting in few catches for communities along the lake whose mainstay is fishing. 77-year-old Patrick Elliot Ofosu is one of the worried residents seeking answers to the warming and shrinking of Lake Bosomjing. Some years back, about 25 years ago, the whole of this area was part of the lake. So as we see it yourself, the lake is going bad. Dubbed building resilience of Lake Bosomjing to climate change Scientists from the University of Energy and Natural Resources, in partnership with their overseas counterparts from three institutions, are seeking to build the lake's resilience. The researchers discovered the size of the lake is shrinking, with the surface area decreasing from 52 kilometers square to 47.17 kilometers square. The use of harmful agricultural inputs by farmers in their quest to feed their families has been identified as one of the negative practices impacting on Lake Bosomjing. Dr. Peter Sanfo is project coordinator. From what we have gathered so far, we know that the lake is drying up. And it's mainly because of climate change. From 2005, we have seen that there's a rapid loss of, of water, or a rapid recession of the water mark. From the shoreline to the water mark, there's been some kind of 35-meter shrinking of the lake. So it is real that the lake is shrinking. We have found that indeed the climate is having an effect. Uh, the lake uh, is not behaving the way that it used to, used to, to do in the past. Uh, fish catches have been going down. The people's livelihoods have been affected and their agricultural activities have intensified as a result of their quest to support their livelihoods from farming. And that report there was filed by Ohimin Terrier. Now, to our Tech Thursday now, uh, post-harvest losses in Ghana remain a challenge in the agricultural sector, amounting to over $700,000 annually. This is exacerbated by inefficient drying methods, which impacts crops quality and food security due to unpredictable weather conditions. Fortunately, 
engineering students at the Kwame Nkrumah University of Science and Technology have developed an agricultural waste and solar assisted food dryer. Here's more for Tech Thursday. The green dryer is a solar-powered automated machine which uses agricultural waste for its operations. The machine has a combustion unit where waste from the farm is set ablaze and a heat trap for drying the food crops. Team members Emanuela Odum, Paul Mensa, and Pakwesi Denchi explain concepts behind the device. So we have the combustion unit, we have the suction unit and also the drying chamber. So we have combustion chamber whereby we put agricultural uh, waste materials like grass, firewood, and the suction unit, which is the blower, sucks the heat from the combustion chamber to the drying chamber. We developed circuitry uh, system which seeks to regulate the speed of the blower and also regulate the, uh, the heat coming into the drying chamber. Our project is also being powered by a solar panel which addresses the issue of using uh, renewable energy in our projects. In a competitive agricultural technology market, this project distinguishes itself with its unique automated biomass dryer, which offers a competitive and sustainable post-harvest management solution. For Joy News, my name is Emmanuel Bright Kweku. That's our show for tonight. We've been live on Joy 99.7 FM here in Accra and Kumasi on Love 99.5 FM and affiliates across the country. I'm sure you're ready for our coverage of the election headquarters. This Friday, we start with the election eve starting at 8 p.m. is the NPP's presidential race. You can't miss it. It's proudly brought to you, election headquarters by Petrosol, your clean fall in full quantity. We have personality profile up next and we are celebrating a bloody glover. Well, he's an internationally acclaimed artist and educator as well. You want to stay with Lexus Bill as he hosts the Bloody Glover. I am MFR Paul. And my name is Evans Mentor. Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.